Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And Daddy's gone. No Alex today. Let's get nuts. And as we just said before we turn on these mics, life is just a one big blur of insanity, and then you die, is what Pete said to me the second before I pressed the record button. And with that in mind, we're going to dive into Ah. some comic books, because we got a huge stack of books. Huge stack. Uh, Just a massive, it's every book on the shelf, essentially. We are going to talk about about them. We're going to talk about them a little bit and offer our opinions on each one. And we're going to start with a massive title. This is something we've talked about, we've looked forward to it, and we've been sad about it a little bit. It's Batman number 85, Tom King's last issue before it's handed over to James Tynan. Um, and his run with Guillaume March. Now, Pete, you have been um, a fan. Yep. You love uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like Thomas Wayne, the Batman. You think he's the Batman? No. Okay. Um, tell me what you think about this this end of his epic run. First off, and this issue uh, on its own. Beautiful ending. Really touching. Really. Really nice. Um, I loved it. I really was impressed with all the things it touched upon. Um, you know, the whole bat and cat thing, I think, is a, a really great... Let me give a quick recap. Because um, oh, so, sure. you're just dropping into some Dr. Seuss language. Um, you got uh, Batman and Catwoman. That's what I do. Uh, yeah, you are Dr. Seuss without the um, PhD. Uh, so um, Batman has had a relationship with Catwoman that ended, they were about to get married, ended pretty sadly. He was distraught. At the same time, um, Bane uh, took over Gotham City, uh, broke the Batman uh, with the help of Thomas Wayne from another dimension, um, his father. Uh, we're getting a lot of father-son stuff here. Batman has since fought his way back after recouping with Catwoman, reigniting their relationship. The two of them came back to Gotham, um, fought their way back, defeated all, Bane. All Unfortunately, at the cost of Alfred. Alfred, the butler, an important... Um, and a important, father figure I, I would role. say he's probably an important employee. Like he's, probably, he's a father to goddamn Bruce he's Wayne. He's probably man. the employee of the month, what, four months out of the year? Fuck you. Because I'm sure there's other don't. people. There's other people working at the mansion that we don't meet. Because like, who do you want to replace Alfred? Like a driver? 
Dude, maybe I don't want to talk about man. replacing Alfred right now. Maybe there'll be a milkman who, like, Batman welcomes into but the cave. But as we see in this, Batman's married to Cat, so he doesn't really need Alfred anymore. Wow. And that's true. When you get married, you do kill your father. <laughs> you do eliminate your parents from your life. That's what marriage is all about. Uh so yes, it is sad. Alfred is dead, um, which is a major change in the Batman canon, and I'm curious how long that will stand. Because yeah. Batman's also a weird character to bring back. Like, what circumstances would cause Alfred to uh, be resurrected? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's not like he's like... The Lazarus pit? That's a good one. Yeah. But why Batman's going to be like, hey, I'll throw him in the pit, see yeah. what happens. I want uh, some tea. <laughs> Let me toss old Al in the Lazarus pit. Um I really like the what Batman finally had to say to his father, uh, his, in quotes, father, uh, letting him know you're not my dad. And that's right. Just because you're from a different dimension doesn't mean you get to claim the dad status. You had a kid in your own fucking dimension. Not in this one, motherfucker. Yeah, and I think um, it was a nice uh, sort of way for Batman to deal with the loss of his parents and his father specifically directly. Be like, you're not my father. My father died, and that made me who I am, so stop telling me who I am, which is what Thomas was doing over the last, like, four or five issues here. Uh, I love Tom King's run, and this was such a nice end to it. Uh, And obviously he's going to continue with um, the Batman and Catwoman book um, to continue. Yes, that'll be fun. But um, this was nice. We see, uh, we hear the Gotham Knights game going on throughout this issue, which has been something that Tom has had in his run a number of times. And I sort of love that as a metaphor for Batman and comics in general, where uh, comics are a game. Like the characters, uh, we see them uh, face off against their villains. Yeah, that's what it's cyclical. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. You know, they're talking about the game, but they're also talking about. Batman as a comic. It is repetitive. You know, it is... Yeah, just like a football season. Like, you yeah. see um, the you, you, there's a quarterback. He, uh, he is fighting against um, the other team. He has the people in his, on his team that he uses to um, try to win. And they win, they lose, and then the next season, everything restarts. It's just like a run on comic books. And that's what I think um, Tom, Tom King is saying here. And he, we get a little preview of James Tynan's take, which is very Joker-heavy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's funny. It's a different take. Like I really like James as a writer. Um, Something is Killing the Children is a great book right now in the stands, which I feel like he's going to bring some sort of dark, macabre stuff here. It's very different than Tom King. Tom King feels very much like... These he makes the uh, superheroes and villains people, and we get to see them uh, like sort Kite of Man. like Kite Man, yeah, hell yeah, I would even say, uh, and we get to see the we've gotten to see these characters just um, going about their lives and l- really l- examining their lives, which I think is nice. It'll and also be interesting to see how long uh, Bat and Cat are together forever. That's what marriage is. Well, that's what they said. And it was quite beautiful. The yeah. the romance stuff between them was really well done. It is. It's really nice. And I do want to see a lot more of it. Even if it becomes like a little bit of a backstory in the Batman universe where it's like they're still married, but Batman's going off on his own missions. Catwoman's having her own uh, life as well because your life continues when you get married. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would like to see that. I hope they continue that. It'd be a shame to lose it. Let's move on and it talk. It sounded like you weren't talking about the comic there, that you were... You no. Know. No, okay. no, I still rob... I, I I'm gonna, the Catwoman in my marriage, and okay, I, I, was I still say, rob uh, banks. I, you know, 
I don't think you know anybody's trying to end anything that you're doing. So. No, no. I still rob banks as a married man. Okay, great. I'm glad to hear it. And my wife is more the Batman. And boy, does she uh, uh, stay up late. And <laughs> <laughs> and that got weird. She fast. has her. Own, she has her own car. Uh, uh, yeah, I just think it's. Uh, it's really one of those impressive runs. I want to get it collected. And kind you're gonna of, make, you're gonna collect it. Uh, yeah, because I think it's it's gonna go down as one of the one of the top Batman runs of all time. I like the idea that you're gonna sew together your um your single issues of Batman and make your own trade. No, I think they'll DC will they'll put probably together. do it. Yeah. yeah, but if not, you're gonna do it for people. Yep. So everybody, send your comics to Pete. He will sew them together. He is a seamster. Uh, let's move on and talk about a uh, comic that is very topical, what with um, the Stars Wars, the Stars Wars that is happening, uh, especially this week. Now, this is a comic you wanted to talk about. I, th- I mean, let's be honest. Alex selected the stack, and okay. we're just uh, being the puppets. of. Well, the- we got to add a couple. We no, we're independent. Yep. We're strong. Just because uh, Alvin tells us to do some doesn't mean, doesn't we, mean do we have it. to do it. But yeah, here right. we're doing it right now. Well, uh, the we're rise, doing some of it. We made our own choice. The rise of Kylo Ren, number one, uh, focusing Boo. on uh, Pete Boo. hates this book. Fuck this whole book. Uh, and I I'm love very, Charles Soule. I think he's an amazing writer. But no one needs to make a Kylo Ren book. Now, l- let me say, uh, obviously, the Star Wars movies are, there's the new The Rise of Skywalker comes out in a matter of days. Uh, like one day. Yeah. Um, Pete, are you a fan of Star Wars, the movies? Yes, I am. So uh, Kylo Ren has become the focus of this I final trilogy. That guy. But you don't like... Well, now, let me let me guess why you don't like him. Um, his lightsaber's too cool. Nope. Uh, he wears a hat. Nope. He killed Han Solo. Yes. There it is. Fuck Han's that. your guy. Yeah. And so tell me then, with that in mind, tell me, why, tell me why you're basically throwing this issue in the trash. Uh, I wish I could throw it in the trash. I should, you know what, I'm going to go to Midtown Comics tomorrow, buy it, and then fucking throw it out. That's a little tiny protest. Yep. Um, but why? Tell us why. Uh, because I'll tell you what, Pete is a man who holds a tiny grudge. Don't cross Pete in the tiniest of ways. And <laughs> I hear, here's maybe the smallest criticism of any book you, dear listener, will ever hear. They call him Mr. Solo in this book, and that fucking enraged No, me. they call him Master Solo. Whatever. A droid calls Kylo Ren Master Solo because he is Ben Solo. Don't even say that out loud. It's his name. I don't fuck. He doesn't deserve that name. What, Ben? The, yeah, no, you <laughs> asshole Ben. Ben Kenobi. Yeah. It's weird that they named him Ben after Luke's buddy, eh, Obi-Wan. It's not that weird. He, Obi-Wan yeah, but, did a lot of great things. But it's not like Han and Obi-Wan were like, bro, we're friends. Yeah, fact, but Han was sort of Leia like, know, knows what's up. But Leia didn't hang out with Obi-Wan. Eh, she was there. No, not really. A little bit. They didn't hang. Anyway, uh, it is where they named him Ben, but they did name him Ben, and his name is Ben Solo, so it makes sense that the droid would call him that. I fucking... It brought me to a fucking giant rage. So this issue um, is giving us... Uh, I don't care about this character. I don't care about his backstory. I don't care what he does with his life. I cannot wait for him to die. And that's the reason I bought. I'm, I have my tickets and I'm going to see Star Wars. And I cannot wait to see this motherfucker die. I hope Chewbacca chokes him out with his bare fucking paws. You think he's going to die in this movie? He better fucking die. I don't know. I don't know. He's a Skywalker. And the movie is titled... The Rise of Skywalker. He's not a Skywalker. He is. Well, technically, you're right. 
that technically is how you do things. Well, you don't get to you you don't get to kill Han Solo and then live. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, this book uh, dealing with some backstory on Kylo Ren, how he went from being Ben Solo to um, Kylo Ren. Do you care of Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah, I like I like the character. One of the things I'm most excited about with the movie, we're talking mostly about the movie in this review of this yeah. comic, but uh, is the the Kylo uh, Ray relationship is the one of the more interesting things happening in the the Star Wars this final trilogy. I agree with half of that. Interesting. Um, well, you're a big uh, Ray. So you got to awesome. know what happens with Finn. Ray is, is Finn going to go to another casino? I I hope he gets to do more than that because that was kind of he got the shaft a little bit. Um, we also get to see the Knights of Ren uh, in this comic. Um, interesting stuff there. We explore some of the his Kylo's relationship with uh, Luke Skywalker, Ben's relationship with Luke, um, and uh, it's a fun book. I I mean, I, these Star Wars books are nice and. Marvel's doing a great job with the Star Wars books in general. They're canon, and that's exciting. To be able to actually have this be a part of the overarching story um, is exciting, and this is just another great piece in that, um, in that ongoing narrative. Nope. Let's move on and talk about Doomsday Clock number 12. Ooh, now, 12 of 12. 12 of 12. Um, this is a series which started a long time ago and took a long time to finish, has concluded, um, and... It is mixing the characters of Watchmen, also a popular television show, and the uh, DC Universe, a less popular movie franchise, uh, together in a comic book form. Uh, Pete, what did you think? Uh, I really liked this. The Doomsday Clock to me was very slow and sporadic, but I really loved the way it ended, especially the Superman stuff, really touching. I think a great way, uh, great use of Superman. I think sometimes people... Don't write Superman the greatest. And this was really amazing the way they kind of used him to really drive home stuff. I thought it was very powerful. Uh, definitely worth checking out. It's interesting how much this became a Superman story. Yeah. And how Dr. Manhattan, it's about using Superman as a metaphor for uh, Dr. Manhattan's understanding of the universe, basically. Yeah. And heroism and humanity, I guess. Um, but I'll tell you what. My enjoyment of this was harmed by how great Watchmen the TV series was. What? How could something great harm something? Because this feels less than. We got to see wow. such a great take on Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen series, which just ended. It's separate entities, man. Don't let that shit bleed in. It is separate entities, but it made this cold version of Doc, Doc Manhattan that we saw here made it, it hurt the story, I think, um, in general. And I think it's especially sad because this book was so delayed. If it hadn't been delayed as much, it wouldn't have sort of gotten its peanut butter into the chocolate of Watchmen, the TV series. Um, I think you meant jelly, not chocolate. No, peanut butter and chocolate is what some people don't like mixed. I'm one of them. I don't like it when you mix peanut butter and chocolate. Shut the fuck up. Why? Why do we, keep them separate. No, you don't. You put them together because they're magical. Uh, not into it. So uh, you don't like Reese's peanut butter cups? I don't like the cups. I'll eat a Reese's piece. A piece? Now and again. Just one piece. Piece is great. I only cups, need one. No, I only need one piece. I don't really get with the cups. I don't like peanut butter and chocolate. Wait, you don't like peanut butter cups? No, that's insane to me. I don't eat a lot of food that's called a cup. That's <laughs> too bad. Man. I use my cups out. for drinking on them. Nah, no, no, that's just me. Eat your cups, bro. Hey, it's eat a great your way, cups, bro. Great way to recycle. <laughs> Take my advice. Eat your cups. Um, but as I was saying, uh, this uh, this is a the intention here was great. It was epic, but it, it 
this series to me ended up feeling like the the Watchmen characters and the DC characters don't blend very well, and it felt a little forced as a final look at him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It would have been interesting if this would have came out maybe sooner or on time, even before the show aired. It could have done, could have been, you know, better in your mind, at least. That's what I'm saying, and maybe uh, across the board. Um, but yeah. I don't know, man. I think they they took a big swing. I didn't hate it, which I was waiting to do, but I think. The way they tied it in with Superman was such a great choice. Very powerful. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go big, go Superman. Yep. Um, let's talk Guardians of the Galaxy number oh, 12. Uh, so Pete. this is great. This is kind of like Rocket is not doing too well. But what's great about Rocket is he's going to fight you till his last breath, man. Yeah. This is a he's raccoon gonna... that doesn't mind like going for it. Yeah. Like a lot of raccoons when they have garbage. When they had taste garbage, you know, I don't know how. You know, I don't really. I haven't. I'm not around raccoons enough to really know what their patterns are. But I think this is a really great book. Really uh, well done. A lot of funny Guardians moments here. Hey, what did I miss? You got these amazing flashes of everything that kind of happened that year. And that then is, they were like nothing. The, it was really great. Those are super fun. Rac- huge splash pages. Yeah, Rocket kind of had some somber moments, but then kind of was himself. It was really touching and well done, and it had some humor. I think this was a really great one run. The art was fantastic. Definitely worth picking up. Yeah, it's a nice... Um, I like this mix of characters. We get um, uh, sort of the main Guardians and then the extended uh, Guardians, Cosmic Ghost Riders here a lot. We get Beta Ray Bill. We get a lot of uh, characters that are in space, and it's nice to see them hanging with the gang. Um, Thanos uh, pops up and is well, like, dude, I spoiler, win. Jesus Christ, come on, man. Oh, well, that's what we talk, we're talking about. Uh, Could have been cooler about it. Uh, great. Um so yeah, I, I agree. This is a good run. Def, and it's pick. not Thanos. It's Thanos, you asshole. Well, I guess we all. I'm talking about somebody else. Oh, okay. You you, you know a guy with a similar name to Thanos? <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> is a big guy purple? Yeah. Same. Oh, maybe the same guy. But, yeah. but my is very smooth chin. <laughs> no, no. Wrinkle chin. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Funny they have such similar names, yeah. but different chins. <laughs> Weird. Hey, that's life. Let's move, speaking of life, let's move on to Suicide Squad number one, a book about characters dying. Mm-hmm. Now, this book, um, Suicide Squad, they have tiny bombs in them. Yep. Um, they <laughs> have to go on missions. Mm-hmm. Um, this this, is, this issue is basically like, look at all these other people. That well, could. it's really about the fact that like Amanda Waller quit. And this is like this new guy is going to be running Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it's like when you got somebody new in charge, you know, yeah, it's going to take new boss. Yeah. No, no buenos. Um, how do you feel about uh, Harley Quinn in general in the DC universe? Well, I the think when she's take. done right, she is a great, fun character. What do you uh, mean by done right? Well, I think there's different versions of Harley Quinn, right? There's Batman, the animated, uh, you know, where she kind of was born. And I like the niceness in her. Sometimes she's just really kind of messed up or dark. Sometimes she's kind of like a Deadpool where she's always joking uh, yeah. and violent. So I feel like when they uh, have a little sweetness to Harley Quinn, shows her man- her humanity a little bit. I I really like that better, but you know everybody has their own taste about it. 
Yeah, no, and I think that's something that in the sort of spectrum of the character, I wish it was sort of more consistent. I prefer the Batman the Animated Series take, yeah. which is where the character was created. Right. Um, and then uh, in recent years, this new version took over, which I think was sort of inspired by De- Deadpool and... Right, but also like uh, Jimmy Palamati and Amanda Connor kind of like really did a good job with her and kind of like... Yeah, brought it back to the forefront. Uh, but this comic all about sort of the disposability of uh, heroes and villains in the DC universe. Um, it's uh, it's like watching. You just know characters are going to die, so it's sort of like keeping track of that uh, is maybe some of the the fun here. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun read. Yep. Uh, let's move on and talk about Heart Attack number two. Uh, now this comic. Um, we we read we read the first issue. Really liked it. I yeah. especially really liked it. Um, it's about a universe where people have um, superpowers, basically uh, like the X Men. Sort of genetically, they come out. Um, and uh, we learned at the middle to end of last issue that um, when these two main characters get together, their powers are wildly oh, enhanced. Right. Yeah. And um, I love that. I said this in the la- last time we talked about this comic. I love that as a sort of premise for the book. And they even they reference the X Men on the first page of this yeah. issue. Um, but this really feels like the intimate X Men. Like, you're getting in these characters' head. It's about their relationship. It is very down-to-earth. It feels like sort of a slice-of-life comic while at the same time having the superpower angle. And I really like this. I really liked it. I'm a little disappointed in the main character when he was sitting down with the cop. and uh, At the end, yeah. Yeah, at the end there. I'm a little worried about where that's going to go. You know, once you start uh, lying to your lady and what you're about, you know that's going to blow up in your face later. Right. Well, you I mean, gotta the, find the relationship's a way to be... just starting. Yeah, I know, but you got to find a way to be honest. You know. Yeah. Wow. The Pete dropping just life nugs as he calls them for everyone to take home. You got to find a way to be honest. Yeah. Great advice from Pete the Page, and I guess a glowing review of the comic <laughs> from Pete as well. I like, yeah, I really like this book. I continue to like it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, how it kind of like settles into its rhythm a little bit. Uh, indeed. Uh, let's move on and talk. Um, 2099 Omega number one from Marvel Comics. Pete. You love the year 2099. Yeah. That's the year you've said you're going to come back from the dead. <laughs> That's my plan. That's your plan. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about this comic? Uh, are you looking forward to emerging from your grave to find Miguel O'Hara taking over as Spider-Man? I, yeah, I don't, like, I don't like these 2099 books. Um, this, is, this is my cup of tea. It's, it's a kind of a different art, different style, different universe. I like our universe. You know what I mean? So, you like our our regular universe. Yeah, yeah. Like? I like my regular Spider Man. I don't oh, like two ninety nine Marvel Spider-Man. universe. I thought you were trying to say like I like our life. I yeah. like our life. I want a comic about a podcast. No, that would be super boring. Uh, but I do. You know, they do these books every once in a while, and people get into them. So good. You get into what you like. Uh, I this really isn't my. The jam, though. I really like uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, you're a big uh, fan. I really like the character, the original series back in the day by Peter David I thought was great. Um, and I've, it's odd, Spider-Man 2099 has come up a couple times uh, in Marvel continuity, and it always feels a little he's time-traveling back into uh, present day. Um, it doesn't quite 
feel good. Um, so I'm hoping that this series actually relaunches uh, the 2099 universe and that it will continue on a little bit and they can actually tell stories there without having to always be talking about why it's happening. Like this this issue, um, Omega, is all about like sort of why it's happening, how uh, the world has been shielded from these characters because Doom um, has been manipulating everything to remain in power. And that's a fine reason for them not to be heroes, but I feel like this is the very beginning of the story where we get to see them actually be heroes. So I'm excited to... It feels like a little bit like we're not quite there yet. I'm excited going forward to get there. But one thing I did like about this series, um, these, this crossover, is um, the fact that they had Watcher, like... The Doom had Watcher just like on lockdown being like, dude, enough watching. Start talking. Yeah. You like that too? No. Oh, okay, great. Uh, great. Another great interaction between Justin and Pete. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Low Low Woods number one from DC Comics. This part of the Joe Hill line of comics that the are coming. Creepy out. section, as the, I like to call it. Uh, it's called the Creepy Section. Um, this about some uh, some teens that are in the, their town and they encounter a weird deer for one. But in general, there's like something up in the town. Yeah, there's. Uh, People kind of uh, go missing or die or whatever, and uh, you know it's it's sad. Uh, you know, uh, mining towns and people dying. That's you know, you know, you know they're breathing in a lot of horrible stuff. But what's even weirder is this whole idea that like women are missing parts of their lives, like they can't remember things. Yeah, our two characters wake up in a movie theater and some sketchy kids like, hey, hey do you like the popcorn? Yeah. First off. Uh, fucking, if there's a creepy dude who's like, ha, did you like the popcorn and you just woke up in a movie theater and there's any implication that maybe he did some fucked up shit, I mean, just murder like that it. guy. Murder him right away. Yeah, yeah, right away. So, wow. Just uh, either torture him, get some information, and the men make the decision if you want to murder him. But, like... Oh, uh, what a great, calm way to approach it. Yeah, yeah. What a, I, you're such a responsible moviegoer. Thank you. Thank you. You would take the time to first torture the man before you murdered him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think th- this whole line of comics has done a great job of s- s- being this sort of new... Uh, new place for horror comics. They're, and they're really well-paced. I like the, the art in this issue, and a lot of these uh, comics in the line here is sort of like Archie-esque. It's sort of like seemingly lighthearted art, and all of a sudden it, uh, the story takes a turn, a dark turn. And I think that makes it, that really enhances the horror element and the thrill element, um, having it be so, such lighthearted art. So I really like that. I really like the story. They're all, m- many of these stories are set in small towns. I, I enjoy that. It feels like we're getting to explore. I just don't like this. The the rapiness of the what happened was really hard to get past and to kind of get into the story when she uh, the characters are saying they're missing parts of time and it's something that's happened to women in the town a lot. That is a fucking huge yeah. red alarm and like... We need to fucking address that so it can get addressed, and then we can move on with the creepy well, stuff. I, they're going to. I'm, that's part of the creepy. So. Well, we're going to see what it is. I uh, know. I'm just really. It's stressing you out. Yeah, it's really stressing me so out. So that's the sign of a good story. Cool. That you're stressed. That's how you can tell that Pete is I, enjoying I have a horror every book. moment. 
don't have a rape book is my point. I don't think that's what this is. I uh, hope it's for the not. record. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll see going forward. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Folklords number two. Uh, now, this is a pizza fan of this, um, clearly, because he just did a double, a classic double fist bump. This is from Boom. Yeah. Uh, Pete, tell us what you like. Well, this is fun because it's, you know, playing on folktales and kind of like going on quests and kind of these kids going on an adventure and kind of figuring out who they are. And the first issue really did this great setup of like, okay, here are our heroes. They're going to go on to the world and kind of have a quest and see what happens. And like, it's funny because they get to this fork in the road and like, okay, if we go left, things get easy. And they're like, no, but this is an adventure. We're on a quest. You got to take the hardest road. Yes. Which is like, wow. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, that's probably a horrible decision. Let's go into the creepy woods instead of along the uh, pathway. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I always like to pick s- the creepy woods? Always that- pick the creepy woods. <laughs> always pick the creepy woods. That's how I was raised. Yeah. In a musical forest full of <laughs> creepy woods. Uh, I like this series a lot, too. It feels um, sort of Harry Potter-esque, uh, I think we talked about. Or uh, if you're a fan of the comic book Fables, it feels like very much yeah. in that world as well. Um, classic. The uh, art's different, though, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, classic uh, character leaving behind their, uh, a character who doesn't quite fit in, but has knowledge of the larger world, leaving behind uh, their small town and going on a quest. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun. Uh, that's definitely one I'd recommend. Let's jump into another one that maybe Pete liked, Annihilation Scourge Omega Number 1. Now, Pete, I bet you don't like any of those words, but I'm going to check in and see what you thought about this comic. This is just over-the-top action from start to finish. So we have, um, this has been sort of a, uh, I guess, a mini crossover event going along, uh, going through Marvel Comics. Um, you've got um, this. We talked about, uh, I think, the alpha issue of this, where it was weird how much it focused on Annihilus and mm-hmm. your guy Blastar. Yeah. Um, you love Blastar. He doesn't yeah. get a lot of play here. No, he doesn't. Which Too is bad. Because yeah. he's just, I mean, let's be honest, he's just a monkey with laser hands. Hey, fuck you, man. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. Fuck you. That's enough. Have, That's you, ever you, watched, have you ever watched the monkeys at the zoo? Yeah. You know no laser do? hands. No laser hands. Oh, you've checked it out. Yeah. You're like, oh, I love Blastar. Let me go see if the monkeys at the zoo have laser hands. But I'll tell you what, you know what they do mostly do at the zoo, the monkeys? Pick hair from each other and eat poop, throw poop. Yeah. So that's yeah, what that's Blastar like, is. No, don't say that. That's what Blastar, Blastar is. Blastar is above he has, that. Except, no, I don't think he is. Think except he, is. he has laser hands. Uh, I, um, I thought this crossover was very intense then very quickly. So I like that it sort of told its story um, fast. I like a lot of the characters involved here. Um, the uh, Silver Surfer uh, still dealing with his uh, the yeah. darkness grown yeah. inside him. Really enjoy that. Um, Fantastic Four is sort of a main focus here. Also, the new warriors oddly pop up, pop up a lot in here. Speedball. Yep. Firestar Nova. Very big part of this. Yeah. Do you this look, is just a fight fest. This comic is just nonstop. How do you? Beta Ray Bill is also a focus here. Do you like Beta Ray Bill? I feel like he's a character that doesn't hasn't appeared or done a lot in comics, but everyone's like, I love him. He's Horse Thor. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Beta Ray Bill. But do you like him? Yeah. What do you like about him? He's Horse Thor. That's all you like. I just interesting character because he's Horse Thor and he has a hammer. Yep. Great. 
Uh, what an exploration. The depth. That's why you come, keep coming back to listen to this podcast, because <laughs> we go deep. And Pete uh, just went as deep as a puddle on a New York City street. Um, I, uh, I'm curious to see what comes out of this. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe this is a backdoor uh, beginning of a New Warrior series. Maybe I'm asking for that, and it's not actually there. But um, I've always liked Nova and... Uh, less the Nova core and more just Nova as a standalone. So I'm hoping the way this ends will lead to more of that. Um, let's talk The Last God number three. Uh, now, we had um, uh, the writer of this yep. uh, on our show, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and um, I think this is a fantastic book. Nice. Um, it's an epic fantasy. The art is beautiful. It is so well thought out and researched. Um, this third issue just pushes the story forward. We're getting to know our characters. The first couple issues, we were thrown into the premise um, about how the rulers of this land had defeated a great evil, and then we find out, oh, nope, they didn't. Um, They had talked about, they had gotten their position by their reputation as god killers. They weren't. They fucked up, and they paid a price. And we're getting to know what I think are going to be the main characters of this story a little bit more as it's going on, and I like every bit of it. Yeah, it's really good. To me, it's just a a solid kind of like fantasy adventure book. Okay, no more? No, nothing more to say. Well, you know, the art's really great. It's interesting storytelling, but, you know. Great. Uh, Great stuff. Um, Let's uh, talk Rick and Morty number 57. Uh, Now, Pete, um, this this comic is is made by uh, Oni Press, and um, do you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, I like Rick and Morty. I think, uh, you know, the comics do a great job, and they even make this joke of, like, um, you know, the comic creators are in this comic. So it's like, they make a joke, if you like the show, you'll like the comic, and I think that's true. They capture the humor really well. Um, Yeah, I think it's just kind of a fun adventure. Rick and uh, Rick is uh, captured, and uh, no, I'm sorry, Morty is captured. Rick goes to a kind of like Rick and Morty Comic Con, and there's it's, a giant like pickle Rick, and everybody's screaming. And, this comic is set in a world where Rick and Morty is a television show. Yeah. So I, I, I actually don't watch Rick and Morty. It's something I think I'm going to watch. I'm going to make a point of watching it over this holiday break. Finally catch up on it. I feel behind. And I I watch a lot of television. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to get into it, but um, it's set in a world where Rick and Morty is a TV show, so we get a lot of great meta jokes yep. here, uh, nonstop, actually, um, which is really fun. I like the way this comic is sort of irreverent. It's making fun of itself a lot, uh, which I think is great. And I was surprised that this had a pretty strong to-be-continued. Yep. I thought it was going to be a done-in-one. Um, so I like that it has an ongoing narrative in that way. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you ought to check out the TV show, bro. I'm going to give it a shot. I just talked about that. Uh, let's move on and talk <laughs> Legion of Superheroes number two from DC Comics uh, this by is your, this Brian is, Michael Bendis. This is your sweet spot right here. We got kids in space. It's more than that. They're superheroes. In space. They're superheroes. Um, they, the we're Legion. sort of... Bendis is sort of slow walking us into the Legion of Superheroes. Um, this, the second issue... Uh, Exploring the world a little bit more, we actually don't get a too much information. We don't get a lot of focus on the individual characters. It's a lot of talk well, about... Well, there's so many characters, and that's kind of what they're... And they're, like, apologizing. It's like, oh, sorry, so much is going on. 
Um, you know, it's almost like Bennis is like, hey, I'm having my characters apologize for me. Uh, we're just kind of jumping right in and like, you know, Superboy is kind of like the main character we're following. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is, I wasn't as into it in the first issue, but now that I've kind of like gotten used to the pace and how things are going, I think this is very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of the focus on the lead up to this was on the character Rose and she gets a lot of play here. I am very curious about her. I like her as a character. Um, but I do miss sort of getting more of the wide swath of the other Legion, uh, members of the Legion. Um, also, I think it's odd that they're focused, this issue is focused on Aquaman's trident being in the future. Well, you know, it's kind of background for all, everything that's going on. But Right, but I guess um, in a uh, comic that's all about looking forward to the future, we continue to look back. The um, sort of reveal at the end of the issue is also looking backwards. So I'm... I. I like it, and I want it to continue to look forward, so I'm hoping... I'm looking forward to looking forward. Cool. Uh, let's talk Once in Future number five, one of Pete's oh. fave books out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is sad, though, because um, my favorite character... You know, spoilers. Your favorite grandmother. Yeah, my favorite character like, in this comic is your the grandmother. Favorite, like, you like you, this grandma more than your own grandparents. Dude. You said on multiple wa- occasions. Watch your mouth, man. My parent, grandparents are dead. Rest in peace. Nice. Grandma Lee Page was a boss. Grandma Lee Page. Yep. Oh, interesting. What is her claim to fame? <sighs> not a, giving a fuck is her claim. Not to giving fame. a fuck. Yeah. And marmalade. Uh, no, dude. She. Grandma Page didn't fuck around, dude. She played poker. She was like breaking rules left and right. She wasn't eating marmalade or making marmalade. Okay. She was a boss. Nice. Um. I'm picturing you with like a big tuft of white hair on top, maybe a beard. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, the spoiler in this is uh, Grandma kind of shoots herself to kind of get her son into action. You know, and sometimes I'm sure you as a parent feel like this. You know, like no, yeah. you can't you know, you can bring your kid to water, but you can't make them drink. So like you're thinking, sometimes, of, hor- you're thinking of horses, but yeah, sure, yeah. But sometimes you guys shoot yourself so your kid steps up their game. You know, yeah. That's definitely, I think that's uh, Parenting 101. Yeah. Um, this series is fantastic. It's the art's unbelievable. The storytelling is very creative in a fun way. Uh, it, I, I can't recommend this book enough every time we talk about it. It is tailor-made for uh, a TV show, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It is like ready to leap off the page. It feels like a show that could Netflix be on. Netflix should pick this up. Netflix, TBS, sci-fi, depending on the bud- various budgets they yeah. want to make it with. Um, it feels like what's the show you like? You and Alex like the magicians or yeah, librarians magicians, or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like right there. Mm-hmm. Like they could just start calling it that and just make that show, right? I don't know. About Does that, that belittle your fandom of the yeah, librarians yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever it is? Magicians, the magicians. You okay, it's just magicians. So it's Harry Potter, but older. Oh, you're an asshole. Or they're just guys with hats. It's a it's a little bit more R rated Harry Potter. Ooh, R rated, but. It's on basic cable. It's not R-rated. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. Can we go okay. on, please? Uh, speaking of R-rated, let's talk Safe Sex number four. Fuck. It's all been building up to us talking about this book because Pete is not comfortable with this comic. Tell me why. Uh, you know, uh, people have taste and different flavors. I really don't want to see... I don't know what it is about seeing sex in a comic book, but it just, it's not something I'm like, yeah. You don't like sex in comic books specifically. Well, I just I love, in love in comic books, but I mean... It's, what about in movies or TV shows? Does I it just bother feel you? like 
to me, comic uh, is an art form, and any time that I have to hide my comic book, because if there's people around me that see there's naked people, I get a little weirded out, and then I feel like, oh, that guy's just a perv comic guy. You yeah. know? Well, like when you go to the museum, you cover up the nude pictures Fuck with you. your coat. <laughs> Fuck you. No, Anyways, let's it. talk about this issue, because we got a lot to get through. So, uh, yeah... You know, it's all about this thing about this government trying to, you know, make people not be sexual and kind of control them. And then there's this faction that rebelled that is very much like a underground sex dungeon where people get to have their feelings and have their fun and have sex how they want to. And then there's one dude who's really good at taking pain and he's tortured, but then he ends up like swinging a bowling ball from his ball sack because he can take the pain and tries to escape, but then doesn't. Uh, that's a great summary from someone who didn't like the book. Um, I like this book. If you've ever seen the movie Brazil um, uh, by Terry Gilliam from back in the day, it sort of feels like that, focused on um, a society where um, sex is repressed. And uh, I think it's really interesting. It's sort of... Um, it's about, like, sexual desire, repre- how repressing that doesn't actually make it go away and the different ways it squeezes out when you do try to repress, repress it and um, rebelling to, uh, to take ownership of your own sexual desire. Very great premise. Um, the art is really nice. It sort of yeah, has... Great. Uh, it reminds me of um, uh, the Jessica Jones series from back in the day uh, in that way. I agree. Very into that. And uh, we're going to do a special shout-out for our last comic today. Uh, Pete really wanted to talk about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman Dead Earth, man. This isn't the Wonder Woman that you're used to. Yeah. All right, this is a grittier uh, Wonder Woman, man. She's in the shit. Okay. All right. Uh, You've sold everyone on it. Wonder Woman in the shit. Yep. Um, This is is kind of like a post-apocalyptic Wonder Woman scenario. There's been like a nuclear fallout. Uh, Batman's dead and Wonder Woman's got to fucking save the day. I fucking love this book. Uh, the uh, artist and writer is uh, a fantastic artist and writer. How do you know this artist? Do you know? Yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson? Yeah, yeah. What do you know him from? Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. Um, so I just think that this is a fantastic... Murder Falcon. Yeah, I know Murder Falcon. Well, say it. You're just busting my balls because I made a Murder your... Falcon uh, t-shirt. I'm not busting your balls. Huge I think it's nice that you're a fan and that... that uh, he's on this book, which is a great book, and the art is is fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with the property like Wonder Woman. And so far, this is a really solid first issue. Uh, it'll be exciting to see how it goes down. It's such a good premise. The art, like his art style, is so uh, like son- so like. There's so much audio in it. It's yeah. so sonic. We talk about that a lot with Murder Falcon, which is a book about music. But even in here, it's like there's so much of that, and it's fantastic. Yeah, um, definitely uh, pick it up because it's out it today, this day of many days. Uh, guys, that's it. That's all we have time for with the stack. The yeah. stack is over. Now it's time for you to read. It. Yeah. Go read those books. Go read those books. Thanks for stacking it up with us. Thanks for stacking it up with us. Um, please um, check us out. We do a million other podcasts. Uh, we Every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. we do um, Comic Book Club Live. You can come see us at the Pit Loft uh, or you can listen to the podcast. Um, we also just finished up our Watchmen podcast called Watchmen Watch. 
uh, which was, man, we talked about it a little bit here. Great show. Great show. Check it out. Riverdale After Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once a week, blow your mind.